Was Jesus a prophet, a good man, a liar, or truly the Son of God? Real Life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Han and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Muhammad Faridi, who was on our previous show, who was a devout Muslim, but now he believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, there are a lot of people who say Jesus was a good man, or he had great teachings, and they respect him as a good teacher. And there are some religions that actually believe he existed and he was a prophet. Yeah, but not everyone says that he was the son of God, right? And Mm -hmm. some people make it out as if Christians just, you know, went off the deep end and like kind of made it up. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, when he came, made it very difficult for people to believe that and Mm -hmm. to think that all you have to do is look at the text in the Bible. Jesus said many times that he was the son of God. Mm -hmm. He also said he was the son of man. So many times he makes references to himself about that. Mm -hmm. In the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew word and the sacred name for God is I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus actually used that name in reference to himself in front of the religious leaders called the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were you know, calling him blasphemous and they were trying to kill him because mm-hmm. they were saying, gosh, how could you being a man ascribe yourself to be God? So you can't just say, well, he was a good teacher. You know, he was a nice guy. No, either he is a liar or he truly is the son of God. And that's such a good thing to think about when you really look at that question and you ponder it. Is Jesus the Son of God? And we're going to hear from Muhammad after this break, and he's going to share with us how he had an encounter with Jesus. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us once again is Mohammed Faridi, and he has been sharing with us about his life as a very devout Muslim who actually learned the Arabic language in order to talk to Allah, and he felt like if he became a martyr, he would go to heaven and otherwise there may not be a chance. He was suicidal, depressed. Even after he joined the revolutionary and became jihadi, he didn't die. And so he was even more upset. He was ready to die for his faith in order to get to heaven. And so after this strong depression, he called a friend who ended up being a Christian. And this friend and him debated for two hours. And finally, his friend said, listen, you asked me what changed in my life. And this is what it was. It was Jesus. And now I have peace. And so that moment, the ice broke and Muhammad gave his life to Jesus and everything changed, even the colors he was looking at in the world. Welcome to the show, Muhammad. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yes. So your whole world changed. You felt the presence of God. You saw colors differently. You felt the peace of God for the first time in your life. You felt peace. Instead of you having to die for God, you realize that your God died for you. What a revelation, what a realization, but you still had so much doctrine in you and so many things that you were wrestling with. Tell me what happened from that moment forward and also the persecution that you were facing being in mostly Muslim country. 
So I've accepted Lord Jesus Christ oh. as my Savior, as my God. And I wanted to get to know him and find out if he is the truth. Because after I heard that he has died for me, the first question came to my mind is, why well, nobody has told me that yet. Mm. If Jesus has died for us as Savior already, it's done. Why this kept in secret and nobody has told me? So <sighs> I went on this journey of finding out if this guy, the friend of mine, told me the truth. So about two weeks later, we went to the church for the first time. And I was really uncomfortable going to the church because as a Muslim, I believe Christians are filthy. There's a doctrine in Islam that there are elements that they're unclean, they're najis, they're haram. If you touch him or partake of him, you become spiritually unclean or filthy, and Allah will not receive your prayers. For example, if you eat pork or drink alcohol or touch blood, you cannot just go to Allah and pray. You have to go through a ritual, wash yourself in order to be accepted by Allah again or your prayer be received by Him. Right. So I was going to the place of health. I was going to a church where Christians gather, and I was uncomfortable. So during that time in Tehran, we had three churches, and the churches are for Armenian Iranians and not for Iranians. Muslims cannot go visit churches. It's not open to the public. It's for Armenians, which is generational Christians that they lived in Iran. Mm -hmm. So I made it to the church that day after my friend talked to the security of the church, and we went inside. And as I'm curiously and uncomfortably walking through the gates of the sanctuary to enter the church. As soon as I walked, I had something like a cloud. There is no expression or explanation in languages for it, but something like a cloud came around me and it's like gave me a hug. It was like something so peaceful, so loving. It felt that time stopped in it. I could barely feel my weight. I was light as a feather. Wow. And it was so amazing, this encounter I had with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Within myself, two times I heard, you are home, you are home. And I was so enjoying this moment. I was so fascinated and absorbed in this that time didn't matter anymore. Mm. It was like, Loud and clear. It is not an outside voice, yeah. but it was clear. Mm. Yeah. What you talking home. about? How powerful. And did you feel that love and know at that time there's no need to be embarrassed? How did the rest of the service go? So, so at that moment, you don't have any needs. There are no needs anymore. You don't have any thoughts about, am I going to eat or am I being loved? It's all met. Mm. Mm. It's all met. It's fulfilled. And as I'm enjoying this moment, and I don't know how long did it take, the people were slowly coming inside the church. And I looked down on the stage. They had a banner up. It said, to respect the presence of God, turn off your cell phone. And I said, there you go. These Christians are blaspheming. How can the presence of God be in this building? I'm a sinner. These people are sinners. God of Islam always distanced himself from a sinner. He's always mad and angry at a sinner. How mm. could he be in this building? At the same time, I cannot deny the presence that is with me. Wow. And you saw the joy and the love in this church and the people dancing and singing. And it's very different than what you were raised with, where they were beating themselves up and everything was very morbid and depressing. This was life and love. Is that right? 
So the services start, and they read a psalm out of Psalms of David, and then the music starts. That was strange. I said, these people are weird. They're playing music and clapping hands and singing. This is weird. As a Muslim, we got together 22 years, and we beat ourselves to a certain amount that you fall in your own blood. Wow. You beat yourself and cut yourself, and you're wailing and weeping and crying. I said, what's wrong with this Christian? What are they worshiping and clapping hands and playing music? Right. This is not the same God. Mm. Wow. And then as I'm questioning everything and I'm perplexed and confused, the service is over. We go down the stairs and my friend buys me out of his own pocket a New Testament, an illegal book in Iran. He buys this New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he told me, this is the living word of God written for you and for your life. Mm. And I looked at him and I said, a living word of God written for me? What are these people talking about? Wow. So I started from the book of Matthew. And during that week, I finished the four gospels five times each. I could not put the book down. Mm. The more I read it, the more I got connected, the more he had stuff to talk to me. For example, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come unto me, who all labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this book and I said, how do you know that? Me and the book are having a conversation. Wow. I said, how do you know I was laboring, I was weary, I had heavy laden, and I needed rest? Mm. It became that personal and that intimate to me. Mm. Mohammed, you found out that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And through that, you ended up getting kicked out of your home. You ended up having to run for your life, really, and couldn't be in your country, had to get out of another country. And now you are in a safe area where you will not be persecuted for your faith. But there are people listening right now, and they are wondering, what if that's me? What if I want to see if Jesus is the way, if he's the right way? What would you say to those who are afraid to give Jesus a chance and to say, I want to know the real God? What would you tell them? Well, to all that are listening, and they know what they're doing and what they're practicing, whatever religion is that, it could be Islam, Buddhism, anything. And you came to this conclusion, you came to the end of yourself that this is not working. This is not helping. It has actually put you in more depression and hopelessness, and it's just getting worse. You're in that point. I was in that point, too. But when I called out for God and asked for help, His Son, the Savior of this world, the one that He gave His only begotten Son for our sins, that He doesn't want to condemn us anymore, but He wants to give us abundant life. He wants to give us eternal life. And because of what He has done for us, because He died for our sins, He can turn things around, take away your sin, and put us at rest and peace with God. So it is not easy. Brothers and sisters that you're listening, it is not easy. It wasn't easy. But does it worth it? I can tell you and I confess in my life, it worth it. And if I had to do it a hundred times more, I will do it again. Wow, that's powerful. Well, we're going to pray for those who are ready to give their lives to Jesus. Thank you so much, Muhammad, for being with us. Of course. Lord God, what an amazing story to really realize the sacrifice that can be made. But like our friend said, it's worth it. What are you waiting for? Jesus is knocking at the door and he's saying, if you open the door, I, my father, will come and make our home with him. You'll never be alone again. You'll always be experiencing his peace Mm -hmm. and his rest. Jesus, we love you. 
We need you. We call upon your name. We ask you, oh Lord, oh Father, Heavenly Father, come into our lives. Fill us with that love. Yes. Change us and bring us into the truth. Yes. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.